Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. All right, folks, we are back with Joe Prestigiacomo, CFP. Uh, after our last episode where we talked about how we are basically buying practices and we're running into a lot of experienced advisors that have questions on how that transition takes place and what, what our process looks like, I wanted to bring Joe back on. Last time we went over our timeline and what our process does look like, and then we promised we would answer our frequently asked questions. Joe, how you doing today? Doing good. How about you? All right, good. Um, so let's just jump right in because I don't want this to take forever. Our last episode went a little bit longer than our normal episodes. is yep. uh, about 20 minutes longer than it should have been. But anyway, so let's talk about just the frequently asked questions that we get, Joe, from advisors that are looking to either have a succession plan or sell their business soon. And I'll jump into number one. We have six questions and we probably have more. This is broken into some pieces. But the first question was kind of already answered, but I'll let Joe handle this. Joe, what is your process for buying a practice? Yeah. So like you said, we did touch on it a little bit last time, but again, we can go through it and kind of refresh. So the timeline that we try to stick to, because, you know, like we said last time, there's some transitions, you know, someone says, Hey, I want to be out in three months. And sometimes there's advisors who say I have three years until I want to be done, but I just want to get things in order. So we always have that first intro meeting where we figure out if it's a good fit. So just like dating, go on that first date, try to get to know the person a little bit. And, you know, if we like them, they like us, they kind of want to get to know us a little bit more and we want to know them. We'll have that second meeting. How much can you take out of your current investments and never run out of money? When is the absolute best time to take social security? Are you 100% confident in your investment strategy? Are you paying too much in taxes? Why? If something were to happen to you today, what would they find? If you are doubting any of this and would like a second opinion or to review these items, along with many more, feel free to reach out to us. You can visit us at www.sixpointsfp.com or email us at info at sixpointfp.com. Back to the show. And what we said last time is in between that first and second meeting, we try to get the NDA out. This way, anything we talk about with each other, it stays completely confidential. So that second meeting we get to is let's kind of dive in how our practices operate. So what is your process? You know, what do you guys do? What's your review schedule? All those good things. And we really try to go through what they're doing, what we're doing, and see if there's any common ground and go from there. We'll, and we'll get into numbers and maybe a little bit more fine details in the third and fourth meeting. But we really want to get a couple meetings in with the advisor so we could get a good feel. Because, you know, if that first meeting went well and then we, Maybe they have a weird feeling the second meeting or we do, you know, you want to talk to somebody a couple of times because it's a 
large transaction for many advisors. And on our side too, if we're writing a big check, we want to make sure it's a good fit. And I'm sure they want to make sure it's a good fit for their clients because they've probably worked with people 30, 40, even 50 years. And they don't want to hand it over to somebody who they don't like or who their clients wouldn't like. So we really want to go through those. And and then once we have those few meetings, you know, obviously keeping it short and sweet, you know, we'll get the timeline together for the transition, um, go through the numbers and, uh, you know, it's game day. Yeah, you're uh, I I think since we're kind of speaking to advisors here, I know we have other listeners, but it's almost like a first meeting with a client. Yeah. Like, hey, listen, are, are you? They they can't ask this on the frequently asked questions, but this is what I would be thinking. Like, are you a good human being? Do I want my clients to actually meet you? And they'll find out pretty quickly in one or two meetings, especially since these are advisors that have been meeting with people for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, like you said. Yeah. Like, we're pretty good at identifying if somebody's a good fit very quickly. Yep. So that's the, the initial step in the process is uh, because no one's going to actually say this is, are you a good person? And do I like you? <laughs> so, but but we get it, and that's just pretty much. Yeah. So, Joe is the process. We went through that last time, Joe, uh, for thirty six minutes on the podcast. So, <laughs> let's jump into question two. It, this this is a very important one. It's will you keep my staff? Yeah. So I don't know if we really touched on this one last time, but this is definitely part of our transition process. We want to meet the staff, and I think it's maybe more for me that I want to meet the staff because these people are probably talking to your clients more than you are, right? If someone calls in, has a question, they're probably talking to the staff. Unless something is major where it needs to get escalated to the advisor, you know, they're talking to your assistant or they're talking to the office manager a lot. So if we're buying a business, that's the only common link between us and the clients. As long as nothing is, you know, there's no major issues we would like to keep the staff in place. If it's a if it's a machine that's well oiled and running, why would you want to change out all the parts and try to start from scratch? Yeah. Because if we're writing a check for X dollars and now you have half the people don't come over, which we'll talk about that. I think it's question four or five. You know, it's also a little protection for us too. Like we're gonna write a big check, and by the way, half the people don't come because we got rid of Susie or Brian. Or whoever it was, that's money we just lit on fire. So we would like to keep them as staff. They know what's going on. They know how the business runs. They know things about the clients that we probably wouldn't know at first. And yeah, as long as they're hardworking, good people, honest, doing the job, I, I don't see why you would get rid of them. Yeah. And most of the advisors that I've talked to say, hey, as part of the deal, Yep. You need to keep our staff person on. And I think we'd be, like Joe already said this, we'd be crazy, Joe, to get rid of them because they're typically the people scheduling the appointment. They're, yep. they're face-to-face or points of contact even more. And again, it's f- some familiarity with what's going on. So the answer is typically, if somebody said, will you keep my staff? I think the answer would be yes, comma, unless there is some major issue, which there usually isn't. And we've met with several staff people. Uh, we we met with folks that have three staff people. We've met with one. We've met with seven. Yeah. And each of the each, the meetings are great. By the way, the staff people are excited that this process is actually happening most of the time. And just for the advisors that are listening to this, 
first thing you ask is, hey, what's going well? What do you like about your job? And let's just talk about that and talk about the business. And and it's kind of a fun meeting. I, I, I enjoy those. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, that was that was question two, Joe. Let's jump into number three. Uh, another big one, complete subject change too. How do you actually transition the clients? And then I'll give this one a 3B. And how long does that take? <laughs> yeah, so it could take a while or it could take a few business days, right? You know, <laughs> there's, um, we've had opportunities to talk to advisors where they have, you know, 40 households and $50 million. I mean, that's going to take three, four, five business days. Because remember, like we said last time, a lot of things are electronic now. So, I mean, we could, you could really get those out quickly and get it done. We've also had opportunities to talk to people who have hundreds of millions of dollars, but they have thousands of households. And within the thousands of households is multiple accounts. That would probably take a while to get moved over just because of the amount of work that's needed. Luckily, we have our own transition team where we are on site working with the staff and the advisor to make sure things are going the way it needs to go. Because I'm sure other advisors have heard this when you've changed broker dealers or changed firms, right? You know, we have our own transition team. You know, this team has won awards and, you know, we're the best, right? They all say the same thing and I'm sure they mean well, but we're actually physically there. We are with you. We're helping you with what we what you need to move it. What forms do we need? What info do you need? Like, how is it going? How do you send it out? We're making sure it goes smooth. Because again, we'll talk about this next one. Most of the time, the percentage that transitions is tied to how you get paid. So yeah. I'm sure the older advisor who is retiring or phasing out wants as much money as possible. And they don't want it because of little errors, you know, or miscommunication because, you know, their staff is learning a new system and they're talking to people who are who knows where remotely trying to get things hammered out. And there's just disconnect. So we feel it's the best if we're there as a team working together. Yeah. Getting things done. I think it's important to know, too, that we've gone through this ourselves. Yep. And without getting into this, there's a process within a process. And it's this is the spreadsheet we will use, the households, the accounts that need to be moved, and we will check them off one by one until it is high 90s to 100% transitioned over. Right. Of course. But yeah. I think when you're looking somebody in the eyes and they are there in person, helping out as much as you want them to be, by the way, some, some advisors, the, the person with 40 households that you were talking about, they, we got it. We got. It. We don't. Yeah. We don't need you guys here on site. Like, okay, that's cool. The person yeah. with twenty two hundred households, yeah, they're going to need some help, and and it leads to a different question another time. But yeah, the the transition team, there is a back office transition team, but there's also I, I'm, I'll even should I call it the front office transition team? Yeah, it's literally office. us with our oh. staff people that are experts in doing this because we've gone through it ourselves. And we've developed our own internal process to make it as fast and as smooth as possible to make sure we're not missing anything. Correct. So, okay. We answered, how do you actually transition? How long does it take? We've seen very fast ones. We've seen slow ones. The other thing, if you haven't done this in a while, what we're going to run into is folks that you're going to find a lot of extra money, Mm -hmm. right? 
So this kind of goes into how do I get paid, but just by making a transition, I'm telling you guys, <laughs> when you make a move, you will be shocked. You think you have all your clients' money. And it's it's a bet that I am willing to make. Like, okay, you have your 40 households. Do you think you have all their money? Would you bet your children on that? Like, you better be really confident, right? I, usually the answer is no. And most of the time when we see this, people find immediate dollars and places where they can help their long-term clients. So they will find more, which kind of ties into number four or five, Joe. Yep. Four, number four. You take it from here. The advisor is asking this, Joe, how do I get paid for all of this? Yep. So we're going to have two answers for this one. So how do I get paid? So the first one, the actual money for the deal. So your number is X, right? So you're going to get, we're going to buy your practice for this number. We usually like to put a large chunk up front for the advisor, you know, whatever percentage it may be, as almost like a good faith, hey, we're going to do this. Um, here we go. You'll get the check, you know, transition day, and you'll get something, right? No, um, what's the percentage of the last one? You're doing one right now. What's the percentage of that? Do you know? Uh, I think it's 40. 40%, 40% upfront. Up front. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, so you'll get 40% upfront. We've had a very, you know, some people want 20%, some people want 50, whatever it may be. So you'll get that percentage upfront. Then we could structure it a number of different ways to help with long-term capital gains instead of ordinary income taxes. You'll get pieces. You know, you might get another chunk a year on your one-year anniversary and then the remainder on your two-year anniversary or three-year anniversary, whatever you want to do, because some people want to stay around for a little bit, some don't. The reason we spread it out a little bit is one, for protection for both sides. So if you know, we have a number in the contract like, hey, in order to get the full payout, you need to bring, for example, 85% over of your client households and assets. If you don't, that last payment is going to be reduced. And this leads into the second part. Well, how do I get more money? Mm -hmm. We like to build in almost like an incentive, right? Advisors, especially older advisors who've been around for many, many years, Experienced, Joe, not older. Experienced experience advisors, <laughs> sorry, experienced. You know, things just happen, right? You get a call because you've worked with a set of parents for 30 years and their child is switching jobs and there's a nice rollover. Or the, I think we said this last time too, there's a big life insurance case that's finally ready to, you know, pay out. All those things come into play. A quick interruption. Six Point Financial Partners is taking on new clients. If you would like to take the next step in planning your future with Dave or the Six Point team, please visit them at www.sixpointfp.com to schedule a time or reach out via LinkedIn, Facebook, or simply find us on the internet by searching Six Point Financial Partners. Okay, back to the show. You can structure the deal, and we've done this before. We're saying, hey, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Experienced Advisor, if things do come up, new accounts or new households come into play, we could structure it where you can add that to the last payment or get a paycheck for bringing business over. And advisors really like that, and we've seen their eyes kind of open, like, oh, so I could still 
kind of, you know, quote unquote, stay in the game, but kind of phase out. Yeah. Someone calls you and you're going to bring in assets. Sure. Why, why would I tell you? No. Now yeah. there is no specific. The next part is like, well, which, what accounts do you guys want? Do you, are you guys opposed to certain business? Um, are you, you know, do not want things. I mean, the only business we're opposed to is proprietary business. If you came from like an insurance company, right. Cause we can't do anything with that. Um, obviously I'm joking a little bit there, but if, if the product makes sense for the client, how could Dave or I, or anybody at six point say, we're a fiduciary. If we're not looking at everything on the table, who am I to say that annuity doesn't make sense. It needs to go into an advisory account or that mutual fund doesn't make sense. You know, they should have an overfunded VUL policy instead. Like you have to look at everything and really talk with the client to see what fits. So yeah, we're not opposed to any specific business type. As long as it's going to make sense for the client, we'll consider it and we'll do it. Yeah. So those are the ways able to, to do paid. all those. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it, that, that might that should even be a separate question, Joe, because I think everybody's asked like, "Hey guys, do you, have you heard of MDRT?" By the mm-hmm. way, of course I have. I've, I've been around long enough to know what MDRT is. Or do you guys sell annuities? Yes, we do. If it makes sense for the right person, right? So we we do all of those things. And I know there are a number of advisors out there that are just vehemently opposed to annuities or some of the other things. And and Joe Joe just said it. I I think. You have to look at each individual situation as the, the experienced advisor knows, and you have to do what makes sense for those people. Otherwise, these products would not exist, right? And they would be illegal right. if they were that bad. So, um, and we have a mix of business ourselves that we happily discuss with the advisors that we're talking to. So, okay, Joe, that was how do I get paid? Four, four Next a, question four is, yeah. Yep. Again, total subject change here, but this is maybe this is how advisors think. W- what will you do with my office, Joe? Good question. Um, <laughs> well, if you just signed a seven-year lease, there's not much I can really do with it, right? Um, you know, we, we've talked to people who are coming up on their last year of a lease, and we can look at options and see. Again, that might not be... I know that's always a question advisors have. They feel attached to their office. Like, I don't want it to change. I don't want it to move. But again, if, there, if we're in the middle of a lease, it's tough to really break that lease to just say, hey, we're going to break it to break it because we want a clean slate. If the lease is ending or getting close to the end, we'll definitely look out and, you know, we'll look outside and see what's there. If there's a better spot, um, my preference, I think the same for you, Dave, like we'd rather be in a more central location in the area, maybe something close to a highway exit where it's easy to get to instead of being, you know, 20 minutes off a you know, highway exit and it's like all back roads or you're bobbing and weaving and people can get lost. <laughs> right. So if we can make it a little bit easier for clients to get to, then yeah, I would rather do that. But again, it's going to be a case by case basis on what we exactly do. Yeah. Well, Joe, give the real life example of, and by the way, sometimes when people are making a transition or selling their book and creating that succession plan, they already have an office and they may be in an office with 10 other advisors, but they mm-hmm. are the only one that is leaving. So yeah. And those in that people, scenario, yeah, yeah <laughs> we'd have to move it. Yeah. That's where we got to get a new office quick. Yeah. And, and move your staff with them. Right. That, that's a mm-hmm. real example. Let's look at a new space in the area that you think makes sense. 
you build it into the deal or maybe not. Um, going back to how do I get paid? It, it could be based on revenue. It could be based on profits. It could be based on cash flow. All of the things that these advisors know. But yeah, well, we, there are some advisors that will need a new office. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're local to us, we've got space. But most of the folks we're talking to, they're all over. They could be all over the country. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, Kansas, Albany, right? Um, they, they could be all over the place. So uh, what we do with the office completely depends on the situation. And it sounds like a cop out of an answer, but it's just the truth. Um, and as if we don't want to go for another 36 minutes on. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I wanted to give you the real life example. But Arjo, let's go. This one dives into a lot. I don't even know if we want to cover this, but the if all of this stuff works out, the process looks good. We're a good fit. They think Joe and Dave are good human beings along with their staff. We're going to keep their staff the way that they want to. We're going to transition the clients in five five business days. That's a lofty promise, Joe. I like it. Um, yep. that, that could happen, by the way. That That is real, folks. Um, we talked about the payment. The terms are done. You're happy with the paycheck you're going to get. We have the office situation set up. What do you need from me, Joe? I think we need a whole nother episode on this, but we can give a couple things, right? So yeah. we actually have first, a piece on this. Yep. We have a whole, I think we have a two page piece on it. So yeah. a couple of things we need. Let's, I'll list off a few and then we should probably just do another episode and really dive yeah, okay. into it. <laughs> One of the first things trailing 12 report, pretty standard in our industry. You know, what does your payout look like over the past 12 months? What's the revenue for the firm? Where is it coming from? You know, advisory business, annuities, life insurance, trails, whatever it may be. Um, then a profit and loss statement. Yep. Um, the valuation, which a lot of experienced advisors have, and we will usually have it before we get to this point because they'll bring it out maybe in that third meeting when we sit with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, who are you using? would probably be another thing we'd need. Like what asset managers do you have or which annuity companies are you using? All those things, you know, those are just like four quick examples off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that page we have those, I mean, that document we have is two pages long and what we would need, but yeah, there, there's going to be a, there's going to be a good amount of stuff. And, and most of the stuff the advisors already have or know off the top of their head. Yeah. I mean, it's how easy. Many, yeah, yeah. How many yeah. advisors have we met with Dave and they're like, Oh, I have a, Six million in Lincoln annuities, and I have a uh, twelve million over at Pershing using you know Morningstar as the you know yeah. third party asset manager, and I got a two million bucks at American Fund. Like they could tell you, yeah, like roughly where it is. So yeah. it's it sounds like it's a lot of work, but I'm gonna tell you, I bet you they get most of it done in under thirty minutes. Yeah, it's not too bad. Hey, you don't want to scare the advisors, but yeah. maybe that's why it's question number six, Joe. On here is we don't want to scare the you don't want to scare the potential seller of the business away with having to do four years worth of work. It doesn't take that long. Uh, yeah. It's seriously, especially if they have a staff, it's like maybe whatever, an hour or two of total focus. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, let's do a separate episode on that, Joe. So I think today we answered the most frequent questions all the way from, uh, are you a good human being through what do you need from me? Everything else in between. What if I find X amount of assets? I sell that big life insurance policy after I'm technically gone 
that's all worked into the deal. I think those are good questions. We call it the lotto ticket, by the way. What if I finally get that $400,000 commission? That's a real case, folks. So what if I got that $400,000 life insurance policy two months after I leave? Well, we talk about that. So, and it's, and mm-hmm. it's open and on the table. So, um, and all those other questions. So, Joe, I think that's good for today. Let's let's do a separate episode on what do you need from me, and I'm and more importantly want to jump into why we need those things, and um, just to keep the conversation going and open. So, folks, if you need anything from us, it's info at sixpointfp.com. Find us at sixpointfp.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, David Pulsini CFP. As I said last time, Joe Presagiacomo, thirteen letters CFP. He's the only one on there. Uh, but for now, make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, Private Client Services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.